Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Discover New Music podcast from us at Full Pelt Music. Shortly, we'll be joined by Hannah Rose Platt, who we recently featured over on our Discover New Music playlist on Spotify with her single, The Mermaid and the Sailor. But before then, the usual reminders from myself. If you would, please do follow Full Pelt on social media. We're on Facebook at Full Pelt and on Twitter and Instagram at Full Pelt Music. And finally, if you would, please do hit that like button, hit that subscribe button wherever you're watching or listening. Welcome, Hannah Rose Platt, to the Full Pelt Music Discover New Music podcast. Absolutely delighted to have you on. How are you today? I'm really well, thank you. And thanks so much for having me on. This is it's just really lovely to have the opportunity to, to, to talk about things. So appreciate that. Yeah, no, definitely. There's a lot to talk about because it's an exciting time in your career. Um, and yeah, we're really excited to talk to you about obviously The Mermaid and the Sailor, which we featured over on the Discover New Music playlist. Um, your debut album on, on a sort of major label or well, independent label um, that this uh, come out. Um, and yeah, a lot to talk about, which we will all get to. But we always start off the podcast with the same segment. Um, it's called The Origin Story. So um, usually, you know, I'm, I'm talking to uh, a band quite often so obviously there's a bit of a story around how the band came together i've interviewed a number of you know solo musicians and it's always an interesting uh sort of uh theme to start off on the origin story because of course for an individual that we could get quite deep on that <laughs> um, <laughs> but what is the kind of origin story for you as a musician how did you arrive at this point in your career wow well, a few twists and turns i think um but when i was little i I was obsessed before music, really. Actually, no. They were two separate things. I was sort of singing songs before I could speak properly. Like, I think there's a little piece of very cringy video of me somewhere where mm. you know, my mum's obviously taught me all these all these songs and sort of singing like Suzanne Vega and Stevie Nick, the, the cult, uh, as well as Whitney. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Entirely. Um, and then uh, I was always obsessed with stories and I used to write like crazy stories and poems when I was really little, like four or five. And I just sort of carried on doing these two things separately and it wasn't until I was about 14, 15, and this amazing youth worker came to my school in Liverpool, her name's Caroline Murphy. And she looked at me playing guitar and singing. She was just like, why aren't you writing your own songs? Like just literally as straight up as that. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and then she said, I've got a gig for you if you want to write if you want if you want to write an original song you can play this gig but it has to be original or to come and play cover so i felt like this was you know a real good reason to get something written because i'd be playing mm -hmm. with, with other adults at a real venue um and I, I wrote a song for that and sort of never looked back really and was just like why did he think of this song to put these two hands together yeah yeah no it's great to hear and obviously you know there's, there's some great people doing some great like work out there youth workers you know and motivating and and fostering the talent that's kind of out there and obviously that prompt that you got and like you say is kind of questionable why why aren't i doing this yeah yeah and there's and there's no reason and we're certainly glad you did start doing it because obviously uh as i say we've really enjoyed the mermaid and the sailor and listeners can check that out over on the accompanying playlist and listen to it on there and of course across all of social media not social media streaming websites as well um they can uh, pick that up and listen to it um we always ask about the song we featured on the playlist so obviously it's, it's quite a um uh, spectacular piece of art this song um so what can you tell us about you know the concept behind the song and how it came together for you 
Right. So, like, you'll have to stop me if I ramble because I could literally <laughs> ramble away. Ramble. Um, but um, when I was making the, the whole record in its entirety, there was a few different sort of strands of research. I'm a huge nerd, basically. So there was a few different strands of research I was looking into. One of them was sort of horror, the supernatural, the different sort of feelings that like ghosts and the macabre can actually evoke because it's not always fear it's sometimes sadness it's sometimes comfort it's sometimes very sinister like so that that kind of intrigued me and while i was researching that i found this other piece of research um in a book called the ghost and um are you familiar with samuel peeps um he wrote the vaguely book, yeah yeah i read samuel peeps so he yeah. sort of land in the 1600s and documented the great fire of london so he yes. also used to go around the taverns in the elizabethan taverns and collect the ballads that the balladeers would sing and him obviously being another huge nerd <laughs> collected these songs and categorized them into these 10 categories and the interesting thing about each category no matter what it was a ghost was featured somewhere even in the good humor category even in the love category even in, um, there was a category called murder and marriage which i thought was quite funny that those two things were together <laughs> and um there was a c category the category was c and gallantry and i was like oh hello like what more motivation do i need to write a little sort of c song so i used those 10 categories as like a a loose framework for the record really to try and give it a bit of light and shade and not all dark disturbing things um and i just started listening to all these you know different sea shanties i chatted to ed the producer and he gave me this compilation called rogues gallery um, check it out. It's on, you can get it on the streaming platforms, and it's. I think it was for Pirates of the Caribbean, one of those films, and it's basically artists like uh, Nick Cave and Sting and Loud and Wainwright doing sea shanties, like wow, sea shanties. So kind of amazing, immer I think immersion in that, and I just sort of literally read it really fast. It was one of the fastest ones. I was like, oh, want to do a bit more of a haunting sailor's lament than the raucous sort of sea shanty. And for you know mermaids, I've always been fascinated with mermaids and and you know the sinister side of of the mermaid. And I thought it was a really good metaphor for addiction, like that siren call pulling the sailor back into the water. And it sort of wrote itself. It was quite spooky, actually. I went for a walk and then sat down, and then within twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, you often find the best songs do that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, no, fascinating, and, and you know that that connection that, that you talked about with, with um, you know addiction and obviously how it translates across like that. I, you know, listening to and reading uh, about the song in advance of the interview, and I found that absolutely fascinating, and, and yeah, very very true. Um, and obviously, you've touched on Ed's Ed, Ed Harcourt. Obviously, you worked with on the song. What was it like working with Ed? Oh, it was brilliant. It was just the way I've described it a few times, and this is the the, the best way I can describe it is like you know when you're watching TV and you have the color saturation whacked up. It was like the color saturation was off like on life for like a week. Like <laughs> it, like every sense was heightened. Like he's a really good cook as well, so we would like okay. was always saying so even like the flavors of food even tasted more intense. <laughs> um, he's just so instinctive and just so just so talented. And um, the thing that struck me about Ed when I knew he was the right person to work with when um. I suggested he was asking me <laughs> what other song ideas I had and I told him I wanted to do a comedy cannibal Christmas song and he laughed his head off instead of being like disturbed by me and I thought yeah this is this is the right person to work with so we just had a lot of 
fun really we just it was really playful experience and he's got this really cool studio full of weird things to make memes with and it was almost like being back at primary school like oh, <laughs> what should we use now what what does this sound like what does this sound like um so it was a whirlwind uh, a really fun one yeah no i can imagine uh, you know immensely talented individual um that you know i think people would be surprised what he's been involved in over over his career you know it's one of the names that's always out there but perhaps doesn't get the credit he quite deserves um i wholeheartedly agree i don't understand why he's not like paul mccartney level of famous i just <laughs> exactly exactly it's, <laughs> it is funny how things work out um and you know the Mermaid and the Sailor, obviously, you know, this is a spectacular, again, piece of art that um, obviously you should be you know, so proud of. Um, and there's obviously sort of led with, with the album coming out, you know, one of the feature singles on it. Um, listeners definitely need to check it out. They should also check out, there is a video for it over on YouTube, an animated video, actually, which um, I just wanted to touch on because I always like to highlight the videos. I always think music videos are a bit of a lost art um you know you don't sit and watch music tv anymore but of course you know we have youtube and they're on on demand so listeners should go and look and i just wanted to see yeah you know, where where the concept for that video come from I mean, obviously it fits in ties in with the the theme of the the song but you know at what point did you decide you know we're going to go the animated route for example to be honest it was so as soon as i had the album recorded i just wanted animate animate the animated animated tales sort of thing because all the songs are so different i was like what fun that would be to sort of translate that now into the visual side of things and also i don't like being on camera so like it's a win-win <laughs> <laughs> for me not having to be like in the video um but it was it was a really a deliberate choice really just to just to see what kind of life a different sort of artist could bring into the these little stories and things so I, I, in an ideal world i would have loved to have had like every single one animated and done a whole visual album but yeah it wasn't to be but we got four we got four out of ten um sorry no four out of 13, four, 13. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and i just um uh, put a shout out online really looking for animators and there's also a really cool website called creative commissions actually if anyone's interested who's listening it's looking for artists for themes um just creative com commissions give that a google and you can set a brief and you can talk about what kind of thing you want and then you have the artist supply send you their showrooms and be um, but i actually met jason forward who animated my and sailor through facebook it was just a mutual friend um yeah chatted a little bit about the concept and he really wanted to go like full-on mermaid sailor traditional roots and I was like yeah whatever whatever you're seeing you know whatever it's sparking just go for it but you know I didn't know what to expect because this is a whole different world it's like sorcery to me this stuff yeah <laughs> um so I was just gobsmacked when he sent through you know the final version it's just I don't really know what I was expecting but this just you know surpassed any yeah I had you know. yeah which is fantastic and there's so many art you know artistic individuals out there um that they can do this sort of thing like you say it's a bit like witchcraft to me i, I you know struggle with anything like that but um obviously works really really well fits the song really well and um listeners definitely need to headlong check it out there'll be links in the bio for this episode that they uh they can get there and, and do that from um and something else that everyone listening needs to check out obviously then is your new album deathbed confessions um so it's uh come out about a week ago now i believe as we oh, talked last, yeah, last, last right. week yeah 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 so um obviously with the discover new music 
podcast and, and yeah we do hope that people will uh, perhaps check this out that aren't too familiar with uh, the artists that they're they're listening to so um how would you describe this album to you know someone completely afresh that's not heard heard you before how would you describe the album to them okay good question um i'll have to try and keep this short <laughs> um i would describe it as a sonic anthology series so if anyone's a fan of anthology series like Inside Number Nine or The Twilight Zone, anything a little bit unusual, but each episode is its own standalone thing, uh, its own tale, its own story. What I've tried to do is create a concept album version of that, like the older version of that. Um, and it, the songs are linked through, you know, themes of death and regret, mistakes, you know, poor choices, but also like uplifting things like, you know, reuniting after death, ghosts as comfort, ghosts as warnings. Um, there's a bit of dark humor in there as well. And in my mind, these characters are all on a train carriage to the beyond. I'll tell you where I first got the idea from. It was a, it was a newspaper article called London's Real Ghost Trains. And it was a, this article about a really mundane thing that happens where a train just has to go from St. Pancras and no one really knows about it because they need to keep a certain part of the track open. Yeah. Journalists described it in such a way it was like the shadowy corner of St. Pancras Station. I had to battle to, with the ticket inspector to get on a ticket. They were like, no trains from here, sir, no trains from here. And I was like, oh, this is just right in itself. This is just a gift. Um, and I'd like to turn it into something bigger. I'm writing a few little short stories to go with it to sort of i've totally gone off on a tangent you've asked so good <laughs> what i would hope the listener will feel is 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 held up for story time like when we were kids um you can listen to the songs individually they're all separate stories so they'll make sense but it has been designed to be listened to in full. So if you can spare a whole 45 minutes just you know whack on the earphones and just try and try and get lost in it um yeah there there are little easter eggs there um Definitely. And listeners should. I mean, 45 minutes is no time realistically, but everyone's attention spans seem to be shortening and shortening. And, and especially when it comes to, to music. So, I mean, it, it did intrigue me, obviously, like you don't see many concept albums these days, I think, because of that reason. I think a lot of um, artists sort of shy away from that because they want to target that short, like three minute single type song and just pack a few of them onto onto an album so it's quite brave to an extent to to do that on, on your part um you know obviously a conscious thing you know because you can hear the the planning that um went into it but um yeah listeners you really do need to, to obviously just listen to the whole thing i i have and obviously you know it it works as a concept but what as you highlighted it also works in that you can just pick the songs out so i think that is a key to you know making it a success these days uh, to do an album such as that and uh, obviously next question down for me feeds into that really it's, it's uh, the reaction to the album so obviously not to make myself sound older because i always term it in in the olden days um you have to used to wait obviously for the magazines to come out with the reviews in obviously maybe talk to fans at shows with social media the reaction to anything you put out as an artist is just instantaneous now you you get that feedback as it were um, so how have you found the reaction to, obviously, you know, the single and the album since they've come out? Really, really positive. Actually, I've been blown away and, and relieved as well, because you never know how these things are going to be. No. And this really is an insight into my, like, mad, twisted little brain. <laughs> so, you know, I don't, you never know how well that's going to go down. But people seem to be 
really sort of understanding what I'm trying to do, which is just lovely, really. And it's yeah. nice. It's nice for me to sort of let that because I've been obsessed with. I don't know where it comes from. I've been obsessed with sort of macabre and, and Victorian Gothic and things ever since being a kid. And it's nice to let that side out. And and I'm finding my little sort of tribe of dark hearts. I think that I. <laughs> that are resonating with it which is lovely yeah definitely and it's interesting you say obviously finding your tribe as well because you've signed for this album with extra mile recordings and i've spoken to uh i think most people signed to extra mile over the last couple of years on this podcast and i've never heard a bad word said about the uh the company at all obviously the, you know, the, the support they give their artists is is second to none um and, and it is a, a family or a tribe as it, as it were from what i can see so what has your experience been of working with them oh it's just been like night and day since since i'm with them it's just been just delightful it really feels like a family i feel if and the other artists were all just really supportive of each other and you know holding up each other's work and everyone's so different there's yeah. any sort of competition everyone's just helping each other out and um they're just really fair really on it um and really supportive i remember when i first signed and anthea lovely anthea i don't know if you've met anthea um calls me up and she's like oh we're just calling you up to ask you um what color do you want your vinyl to be you're talking to me <laughs> what <laughs> that's like the best question yeah i know it's just gonna be asked ever like what's the catch what what color do i want my vinyl to be oh my god um so they really invest heavily in a beautiful product and i think there of that you know again don't want to say old school but old school way of thinking of the the, the physical products you know something really special you know, to hold in your hands and pay proper attention to so they really understand that and um, it's just been it's been a whole world's been opened up a lovely one yeah and it is it does feel like a bit of a that you know i don't know you, you think of things like the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all this kind of... The, the, it's almost like the Extra Mile Recordings universe and all the <laughs> artists that float around that. And, and as you say, yeah, there's, there's some quite polar opposite kind of artists in there. And I actually uh, caught you live recently supporting Pet Needs. Yeah, um, Pet Needs. Was that in Colchester? That was in Colchester, yeah. yeah. So obviously Pet Needs are probably one of the noisiest bands on the label at the moment. Um, and then obviously you've got your sort of more um mellower you know beautiful music um on almost the opposite end of that but you know the audience uh, at that show sort of bought fully into both even though it was, it was kind of a punk gig like yeah. they just accept and, and obviously you know they're just like oh, no, fresh yeah. fresh blood <laughs> you know and yeah that's another thing actually the extra mile audiences are just lovely they're the most welcome and warm people and i think this is sometimes we can forget and I can forget because I remember the very first gig I did was before I signed to the label. I was brought in to support Frank Turner at the gathering in Gloucester a couple of years ago with a, a few other people. Pet Needs were playing acoustic, if you can imagine that. They were great. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I remember thinking, oh, this is amazing. But like, what are you doing? Is it too different? And obviously, you know, it went down really well. And I was like, oh, yeah, people like different kinds of music. Yeah. Of course they do. Like, I do. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's kind of a really nice thing to have a show that offers you more than, you know, just that, just the Definitely. aspect of just another aspect. It's more more of a, more of a, an eve, more of an event, really, yes. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. If everyone sounded the same, the music would just be boring, wouldn't it? And 
I'm guessing that show was one of the uh, coming out of the pandemic, one of the socially distanced type shows. I mean, obviously playing that show must have been quite daunting for you in many different ways. You know, what, what are your memories of, of playing that show then? It was, it was just, again, fantastic, delightful, loved it. Everyone we met was, was just lovely. Um, but it was, it was the, the, we played two dates and I think consecutive days. And the second one was the day before all restrictions were really, really released. Um, so that it was just so weird so everyone was yeah. trying to keep apart and you know it was great the organizers did an amazing job it was outdoors and everyone had their own area it was kind of nice really everyone had their own little area yeah uh, picnic picnic areas um and then i remember it was one of the hottest days my guitar was feeling <laughs> it's like salvador dolly like melty um but it was just so much fun it was just brilliant and the atmosphere was one i wanted to be part of sure yeah definitely i, I went uh, along the same run of shows that frank did i went to the nottingham version of that and uh, obviously yeah it was the first live music for uh, you know for all of us for months and months on end and you you know you kind of had that fear oh, are we ever going to see live music again um so it was yeah very emotional and just and to be fair i loved having my own little area i almost wish that you could do that now <laughs> you could choose either do you want in the mosh pit or do you want your own little square yeah yeah definitely no they were fantastic um and yeah talking yeah it's good that we've moved on to the live side because that's that's my next point to raise as well um obviously you've got a big date on the horizon june 3rd at uh, the camden club in london um the album launch show uh you've got just guys supporting um who we've had on the podcast as well obviously and another great extra mile uh family kind of artist um so you know I guess you're really looking forward to the show in general, but also, uh, I guess it's one of the first proper opportunities to play these songs um, since they've been released to, to an audience. You must be excited about that as well. Yeah, really excited. It's going to be really special. We're throwing everything at it. Um, we've got theremin play. He's not actually playing the theremin. I need to stop. He's a theremin player, but he's actually playing uh, an instrument called the Ond Martino, which is very similar spooky haunting sound. And we've got you know the full band which is going to be great, little interludes, a few surprises across sleeves, and we're playing it in full, in sequence as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. I've played a couple of them live. I've given a couple of the tastes. Yeah. Not, not like this. So it's going to be great. I'm excited about that. Oh, yeah. No, I love the album in, in full, in sequence. Uh, that, that That is going to be very special. And obviously, listeners, uh, if you, you can, obviously, try and pick up a ticket and, and go along to that show. But I'm I'm also assuming that I know for, you know, I saw one on the list that I was like, oh, yeah, I'm at that. I'm going to try and catch Hannah at that. 2,000 Trees in the Summer you're playing. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be other opportunities for listeners to pop along to a show as well, I'm guessing. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got, I'm trying to think which ones are in. A few have come in today, so I'm trying to keep track of what's in what's not enough. But yeah, there's 2000 Trees, which is going to be amazing. We've got um, a big one of Gloucester Guildhall that was just announced. Um, so yes. Skinny Lister, that's, um, I love Skinny Lister. So that, that's going to be a lovely family affair, extra mile family affair on July 30th. Um, then there's a festival in Hassex that's just been announced that's on the 27th of August but yeah quite a few summer festivals everything could be on the website yeah um, and then we're hopefully going to do an autumn tour um, I think it would, we'd be silly not to tie in Halloween season with some of the themes on the yeah. album It'd be a bit of a missed opportunity there so yeah so look out for some, some headline shows now 
Yeah, no, fantastic. Yeah, that sounds uh, excellent. Um, so, yeah, listeners, definitely, um, obviously, you mentioned your website, plus across social media will be a good place to keep connected. So um, listeners can do that on Instagram and Facebook at Hannah Rose Platt Official uh, and on Twitter at Hannah Rose Platt. Um, so obviously, yeah, definitely recommend listeners go and check that one. Uh, obviously, follow the, the uh, social channels, as it were. Um, and uh, yeah, catch, catch a show if, if you can, for sure. Um, so interesting, obviously, you talked about the uh, you're going to be playing the album in full at the album launcher, which to me makes a lot of sense. Um, but the last um, theme or subject that we always have on the podcast is a little segment we called uh, Setlist Science. So you mentioned that you're a geek. I'm a geek. Um, I love set lists. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I can really like, you know, tell the artists that put a bit of effort in. And uh, again, yeah, an album launch show, you really should be playing the bulk of, if not the whole album. And to do it from front to back is fantastic. Um, but in general you're not going to do that at most shows are you that's obviously a special show um so the question for this segment is uh how much importance do you place into the structure of a set list and have you got any rules that you tend to follow i'm a bit of a contradiction because i <laughs> i like to craft it but i also don't like to craft it too much i know that sounds really wanky <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's important it's really important to to sort of take your audience on a journey you know they pay good money to to be out there and, and seeing you and especially if you have a longer set you know if you're doing a support set the pressure's a bit more it's a bit, you know a bit, bit less and you can just yeah. start you know the ones that you know everyone's gonna love and just like hit them with you know all the high energy ones and um but even then i often sort of turn it upside down and i may finish on something like I think it's it's interesting to play with what they might be expecting and yeah. just make sure you're um I was gonna say playing with emotions, but that sounds horrible. But <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, yeah, taking taking the audience on a journey and making sure the energy is, is shifting and they feel like they've seen something and they've felt something by the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, always important yeah, to to leave leave them feeling that you know you have seen something and, and therefore i want to see it again um definitely no i i do love that uh and the last little question that i've, I've started to add into this one because yeah uh, we've had a few conversations on the podcast around it I've, i'm trying to simplify it to encores yes or no <laughs> oh yes but maybe without the pantomime on off peekaboo thing yeah like you know I'm northern as well. Like it just feels. <laughs> I don't know what that's doing. It feels a bit like, oh, go, go, you know, come on now, just like we're going to play some more songs. We all know we're going to play some more songs. Um, I don't know. Maybe so. So yes, in terms of the volume of songs, but maybe not the peak of the bit. <laughs> yeah there was that meme that went around recently wasn't there saying encores are basically peekaboo for, for grown-ups and yeah that, I, I totally get it totally get it um i think done right then they work really really well and it's a fantastic thing um but yeah so, sometimes um they, yeah it just feels cringeworthy doesn't it so uh, well, you gotta have something up your sleeve haven't you if you're gonna walk on and come back on you've, you've got to kind of bring on someone else with you or you know, like, you know, we can't all be Paul McCartney bringing on Dave Ball and Bruce Springsteen, but like something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if only. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, 
Um, absolutely been a real pleasure talking with you, Hannah. Obviously, um, listeners definitely need to follow you across social media to stay up to date. Check the album out, um, stream it. But if you can, buy a physical copy. Um, what colour vinyl did we go for in the end? It's gold. It's beautiful. It is a thing of beauty, this one. And again, extra mile of fun. All out. It's a gorgeous gatefold sleeve. And there's, there's, there's illustrations and photos of me dressed as a character from each of the stories, which was a very fun photo shoot. So, yeah, it's worth getting your hands on a physical copy if, if that's your thing. Yeah, definitely encourage listeners to do that. Um, I always like to throw just the last message back to to obviously the guest yeah so what would be your last message for the listeners today oh uh, don't be frightened of the dark there's some beauty in that um, yeah. beautiful beautiful deep <laughs> final message quite often we just get buy the album you know so no that's <laughs> that is fantastic thank you so much obviously for, for joining us on the podcast it's been a pleasure thank you so much for having me well, thank you everyone for listening. I really do hope you enjoyed that chat there with Hannah Rose Platt. Do make sure you check out her single, The Mermaid and the Sailor, over on our Discover New Music playlist on Spotify. And of course, do follow Hannah across all of social media to stay up to date with everything coming from her. You can also follow Full Pelt on social media. We're on Facebook at Full Pelt and on Twitter and Instagram at Full Pelt Music. And finally, if you would, please do hit that like button, hit that subscribe button wherever you're watching or listening, because we'll be back very soon with another episode of the Discover New Music podcast.